Welcome to Groovy Soup. Groovy. A showcase of music from artists and bands from across Ohio. And your chance to hear something new and local. Here's your host, Paul Holden. Welcome to another episode of Groovy Soup, a show all about the sounds and music of Ohio. I'm Paul Holden, your host and chef of this mashup of melodies. On today's episode, we are joined by a couple of Southeast Ohio journeymen and a little something for you metalheads. Leading things off, here's Ben Davis Jr. with Roller Coaster Baby. She's got pretty blue eyes and long black hair People talk about her from all around Because she gets you real high Then she drops it back down I got a rollercoaster, baby I got a rollercoaster, baby Oh, I got a rollercoaster, baby She sure gives me a thrill Chevy Bel-Air, my baby likes to check my belt and holler all clear I rev up the engine and I roll back the top Put the pedal to the metal and I arms fly on I got a rollercoaster, baby Davis Jr. stopped by to talk about Pomeroy and more. I got a special guest in the studio with me today. I got Ben Davis Jr. here. Ben, thank you so much for coming by and uh, for talking with us. And uh, how's it going today? It's going pretty well, man. How are you doing? Oh, I'm all right. Uh, you were dealing with, I'm sure, that uh, wonderful traffic over there on State Street today. Yeah, they got it all jacked up. Yeah, they they had it. Everything was rocking and rolling, and now they're doing some median work or something like that that I'm sure is just... Something. But anyway, <laughs> Ben Davis Jr. here in the uh, studio. Uh, we're talking about his music. And uh, let's uh, first things first, you were recently in town playing at the... Uh, the Well, you're in Pomeroy playing yeah. at the uh, uh, Court Street Grill up there. How was that? How Because uh, they had quite the music scene going on up there. Yeah, I mean, I, that's a place that... Uh, it's it's actually my musical home uh i ran the open mic there for two years straight uh it's pretty awesome but every time i go back i get to see a lot of familiar faces and uh it, it feels more like home than anywhere what goes into running an open mic i mean it's not as easy as you know you got to make sure you're getting a consistent thing and plus over there at court Street Girl, they have a pretty good list and it's a uh, very there's good music one. almost all, going almost every night too well, uh, really, it boils down to just don't be a jerk and be encouraging of young artists and, and artists of, of any age, really. I mean, just support other people and, you know, uh, some open mics are not that way. And mm-hmm. that one has always been ran with an open door philosophy. You show up and you play. And Brent has taken it over for me, Brent Patterson. Anybody who's interested in going down there should definitely give it a try because it's the most welcoming environment. 
How important is is it to have something like those types of those open mics and just the, honestly the quantity of open mics in the in the area for young artists or artists that are trying to get out there and kind of make a name for themselves a little bit? It's very important. Uh, I mean, when I first started writing songs, there was a guy named Dale Culchar was running it, and uh, I would go over there and I would play some songs, and they were always very encouraging and. Um, he was a big believer in me as far as my songwriting and performing went, uh, and he passed away, and then that's kind of, I, I carried the torch from him after that. Um, I mean, it's it's so important. It shaped who I am, uh, helped me build my chops up, you know, as far as writing songs, performing, and it, it's it's awesome. Anytime you can get into that kind of scene, it's great. Meet other musicians and uh, makes the scene a lot stronger, actually. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and you get to, like you said, that exposure is one thing. Not only just to, you, you get to learn a lot more about not only your own music but other people's mm-hmm. music that can influence you for your own stuff. That's awesome. That's I, and I think it's you know unfortunate, obviously, with the passing, but absolutely being able to continue that legacy, I'm sure, is something that oh, was yeah. important to you. It and, was very uh, much so. So let's uh, let's change gears a little bit. Let's talk about your music and uh, leaving Cincinnati was the uh, was the stuff that I was listening yeah. to. So let's talk a little bit about that. It, it, uh, close ties to Cincinnati? Um. No, uh, I played a show at the uh, North End Tavern. No, that's in Palm- Parkersburg. It's North something. Uh, it was the last show of a tour, 2015, I'd say. And uh, it really sucked. <laughs> it was, uh, nobody there. They forgot that I was coming, so they didn't promote it. Um, it was just really, really a big disappointment. Um, I'd just gotten a brand new Gibson J45 acoustic and I was loving it and uh, they had mosquitoes real bad so I sprayed my arms with the bug spray they had supplied and it wore the finish off on it on oh, my guitar. No. Yeah, and so I was just really happy to be leaving Cincinnati and that's where I got the name of the, the song which named the album after after a while. but. Um, has nothing to do with that. It's just that's what I was feeling. Not the story at all that I expected no. to hear from, from behind it. But I, that's, you know, an unfortunate one, but a better one. I like to twist, you know, the the bad parts of life into good things. Uh, and that song's been great for me. So, yeah. Yeah. And I feel like music that is one of the strengths of music. You take the you take the, the blows you've been dealt and you turn it into a song, especially if you can turn it into one that's. Uh, Helped you, helped you along, helped Absolutely. that people really liked. So what what have you been up to since leaving Cincinnati? Um, I mean, I uh, have been spending a couple years just working uh, on those songs still, you know, uh, playing them out, and people still want to hear them. Uh, and I've started, I think, in November of 2017 on my new record. It'll be out springtime of 2019, um, working with Eddie Ashworth here in Athens. And... Uh, it's going to be a full 10, 10 song album and uh, a lot better work than leaving Cincinnati, I think, but people seem to like it all. So, yeah, I mean, obviously people are probably ready for some, some new stuff as yeah. well. So how's, uh, how's the uh, process been for you going through the album and, uh, what's the studio like the, uh, the studio here well, that you're recording with? The Oxide Shed, uh, it's, it's awesome. I mean, it's, uh, it's a home, so it's, it's very nice. Uh, he's, he's world-class, you know, producer, um, really does a good job at helping you get the best out of your songs and and making sure that everything's crystal clear it's low pressure um but he wants it to be perfect because you know you're putting money and time into this and and it's your songs it's your representation of what you do so you want it to be perfect and he believes that too so there'll be times that i've sang the same song 15 times 
just until he gets the right take, you know, right. he's, he, until he's happy with it. Um, and I'm just so, th- so thankful because I don't have the will to make myself do that. I'd be a one-and-done kind of guy. Right. Yeah, and, I mean, that's important because, like, um, have someone not only kind of ease you into it, but then once you start going, challenge you to, oh, to yeah. really take advantage of, of the time that you're putting in and the resources that you're putting in. Because, yeah, I'm sure that four, that those that 13 and 14 take, they're like, oh, then once you get oh, that 15, it, yeah. it's, the, it's the sweet relief. <laughs> We got Ben Davis Jr. here hanging out with us in the studio. Um, what have you been up to lately in terms of just working on the uh, the record? Have you been um, you played obviously up in uh, Pomeroy at the Court Street Grill? Is that have you been tour or playing a lot of shows or kind of yeah. slowing it down and, and focusing on the album? I mean, the goal was to uh, stop playing out so much sometime around December of last year. Uh, <laughs> it is now October. Of the it's next October year. <laughs> of the next year, and we we play three four times a week. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's. When you're in demand, I mean, it's it's a good thing. Uh, so you just got to ride that wave. And when things dry up, it'll leave me a little more time to work on the record and finish it up. But until then, I'm just going to keep riding the wave and performing the way that I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's, it's been really good. We've got a new band, um, really good group of musicians. Um, finally, I mean, it's taken a long time to get guys nailed down that uh, had the same kind of a mindset that I had. And, uh, you know, I, I've got friends of mine like, Jake Dunn and the Blackbirds, um, members of Groovy yeah, Soup, absolutely Groovy Soup alum. They uh, they actually uh, Jake w- played bass for me. Oh great! And Dustin was guitar player for me. And and they're you know I was quitting music. I was fed up, <laughs> and they just kept running. And uh, they kind of inspired me to keep going because seeing that if you do put in the work like they do, then it's going to lead to something a little more exciting down the road. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what keeps me going. Seeing seeing my friends doing it and. Uh, I've had the same drummer for several years. He keeps me going because he really wants to play. Nice. Yeah. More from Ben Davis Jr. next, right here on Groovy Soup. Groovy Soup on Power 105. This is Groovy Soup on Power 105. Groovy Soup continues with Ben Davis Jr.'s Wells Run Dry.
smoking my last cigarette while I'm riding on this train. I think I'm going crazy because I know you're insane and I'm coming home to you. I ain't got no place to go. Oh, I think I'm out of money. I'm out of whiskey for sure. Said I think I'm out of money. Our interview with Ben Davis Jr. continues now. And so, yeah, it's got to be really beneficial to have that person that kind of Absolutely. pushes you. So you said you almost quit music. Yeah. Right? Just, just the grind was getting too much? Or you yeah. were overworking yourself a little bit? Or? Yeah, I mean, my 2014 was uh, four to five nights a week playing music, working on top of, you know, 40 hours uh, day job. And I just burnt myself out. And I was playing. I went on tour. And then I came back from tour and I played the Nelsonville Music Festival. It was great. And then I played like Rinky Dink Place in Galpolis. And, uh, you know, they're smoking cigarettes. Nobody cared if I was there. And uh, it was just that contrast was really hard to deal with. Like, mm-hmm. feel like you got a lot of momentum going. And then all of a sudden, uh, the rug's pulled out from under you and you're back to doing what you did in the beginning. And uh, there's nothing wrong with that. I still go back and play those places now. Right. It's just you learn you learn how to not get your hopes up too high or think that you're above this or whatever you know you you figure it out and uh i just i got really frustrated and was going through a really depressing time in my life and decided that i was going to sell all of my music equipment and quit uh had a couple bookings left and one of them the drummer of the band couldn't make it so i asked eric miller who is my current drummer uh, if he could fill in, and uh, then he just started booking gigs. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's how that happened. I mean, I just he wouldn't let me quit, and I'm thankful. You know, he he thinks I'm, you know, talking down about him when I say that, but no, he he really keeps me going. It's great. Mm-hmm. So any uh, what else, any who else is all in the band? Any uh, is it just a, mostly uh, well, the two actually, of you with kind uh, of rotating cast? Or? Well, that's how it has been for a year. Um, but now we finally got we got Levi Westfall. Um, he was in a band called New Feather, um, Marietta, and he is playing bass for us. I've got Ben Irvin. Um, he's played with a band called the Seth Overly Band and uh, Toad Liquors uh, with my buddy That's Bart a great Wiseman. Band name. Oh yeah, yeah, it's so good. L I Q U O R S. And Bart Wiseman, he he played bass um, for a long time, and and he and Levi are still kind of swapping out when they can't, you know, schedules get in the way. Um, but then Eddie Ashworth is brand new with us, um, and he's the producer of these records, and he just came to me and said, hey, you know, uh, I've decided that I wanted to play out again, and uh, now I want to play with you, and that's an honor. I mean, he's he's worked with some of the best uh, local artists, and then, I mean, he was an engineer on the first couple of Sublime records. Uh, wow. Yeah, I mean, and... Uh, he worked with uh, Great White on Once Bitten and Twice Shy. I mean, oh. he he told me he's probably going to kill me if he hears this interview. Uh, <laughs> he told us that this show at the Court Grill we just had Saturday was the the first show he had played since he played in uh, Izzy Stradlin and the Juju Hounds, Jeez. and they were opening for Keith Richards. Oh man! Yeah. So I mean, I, it's an honor. I mean, he he acts like it's a huge honor for him, but man, we are so blessed to have him. 
yeah, I mean, that's a, not just that background producing and just probably an overall great guy, great addition. Oh, to yeah. The, I mean, to the band. He's here. out in Collar, uh, mandolin, uh, plays uh, Wurlitzer electric piano and a uh, uh, Nashville strung guitar. And it, it adds a lot. It's really fun. Very cool. Yeah, that's definitely. I can definitely see where those uh, those instruments come in handy. Well, Ben, well, just a couple more questions for you. We'll, uh, we'll wrap things up here. So, so you've been involved in the music scene around here for a while. It seems. Yes. How have you seen it kind of grow, change? What do you kind of see in the scene now? Uh, Athens has always been kind of a difficult town to get into. Um, kind of tribal, honestly. It, there are guys who have been booking the same places for a million years, and they have friends and. Uh, they like to book those friends, and that's fine. Um, we have been blessed to to have the doors opened. You know, we, we're getting to play Casa uh, October 13th, I think, or 18th is what it is. Um, be, that's coming up. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, it's coming up a couple weeks. And, uh, um, I mean, it, it's nice to be invited to be a part of the Athens scene because it's it's something that is, is revered, you know. Um, but Marietta, I saw it go from, you know, the MOV, as we call it, um, that music scene went from almost nothing to something huge. Uh, and it's a lot of, I mean, a lot of pioneers. I, th- I really give Jake and those guys and, um, Hayfield and Crow have been killing it for years. Um, Levi, uh, Corey Shields, all of those guys, um, Nick Murphy, tons of people who have just been playing, but it wasn't until they all got together. And that's that's when it started to make an impact, and and they started doing things. Is when everybody started working together and booking shows together, and all of that. Before that, it was just you know, uh, my band's going to play at this bar Friday, mm-hmm. and that you know. But then they started. All five of us are playing Friday, and it's going to be something you don't want to miss. And it's it's helped a lot. Um, Jackson, you know, is where I'm living, and. Uh, there's a, a growing scene. It goes a lot with, you know, they're trying to make downtown areas in these small towns uh, a better place to be. Right. I mean, and that's in general. I mean, they're they're redoing buildings and they're putting new businesses in and handing out grants to start up, you know, whatever. Um, so it's just it's creating a more of an environment for the arts. Uh, that's incredible. I mean, it, we're really living in a great time, I think, for music. Mm-hmm. Um that's kind of another thing that's kept me in the game because things are starting to turn a new leaf. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, the music scene's incredible around here and I, I'm really happy to be a part of it. Hopefully us Ohio boys can make some people proud. Uh, I'm sure you guys, plenty of people are going to, I mean, the music sounds wonderful and you, know, you got the drive already and you've already been able to tour. I'm sure you've made plenty of people proud. Last question here before I let you go. You got a serious beard going on. We got a serious <laughs> head of hair. What are your beard tips for people out there to have something look that good and uh, that rocking? Well, I mean, it takes commitment. Uh, in March, this will be four years of beard. Uh, and four I just, years of beard. Yeah. Just put that in. Just imagine that. Don't trim it yourself unless you have a very steady hand. I had to start over three times. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you use products. Uh, try to eat some vegetables here and there. And... Uh, Eat vitamins and say prayers. There you go. Well, Ben, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, where can they find you? Uh, you got Casa coming up uh, in a couple of weeks. You yeah. said, uh, where, how can they support you? Um, I mean, definitely uh, check out my uh, calendar on Facebook. Just go to Ben Davis Jr. Um, I have shows coming up literally every weekend for the rest of my life, I think. And, 
you, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, all of that, just Ben Davis Jr. Awesome, Ben. Thank you so much for your time, and uh, we appreciate it again. Thank you. Next on Groovy Soup, an Athens local who hit the road for a few years but has made his way back to the only place that feels like home. This is Groovy Soup on Power 105. This is Groovy Soup on Power 105. Welcome back to Groovy Soup. Our next artist is Dallas Kraft, who grew up going to shows in town, but now he and his band are the ones bringing down the house. Here's a track called Emergencies.
Dallas, join me in the studio to talk shop. I got a special guest with me today, Dallas Craft. Dallas, thank you so much for coming into the studio here. Thanks for and, having me. And uh, why don't you just, let's just start, have you, like I always do, have you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm Dallas Craft. Uh, I've lived in and out of the area since, I guess, the past 10 years on and off throughout school and uh, work, traveling back and forth. And I moved back a couple years ago from Colorado. And my, uh, my home state. Awesome. What yeah. part? Yeah, I was. Uh, I lived right outside of Denver, actually, awesome. in uh, okay. Centennial. Okay, great. Yeah, I lived in Breckenridge for uh, a couple years on and off working, and then came back here to the only place that feels like home, you know, good old mm -hmm. Athens. And, uh, yeah, we just finally started putting an album together. It's taken five or six years to finally get ready to put the songs out there, but, yeah, now here we are. Yeah, a little hard to do it when you're uh, out in the mountains there of uh, yeah, Colorado. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But were you, were you doing the... Uh, the uh, were you working with the the ski? The, yeah, the I, I moved out there to be a ski instructor, and I was a freestyle coach for two years. And then um, was just my brother actually graduated college, and my sister graduated at the same time. I came home. Next thing you know, here I am still. So. <laughs> Very cool. Well, it's always cool when I, when people got the connections to uh, to my hometown, and now happy to have you back in your yeah, hometown you. here. But uh, so Dallas, what have you been up to? Uh, Listen to a little bit of spacecraft before okay. you, you yeah. came in here, and I notice uh, from your website uh, the beard has been added at yeah, least yeah, since the yeah. uh, the website. So Absolutely. what have you been up to lately? Uh, the last, I guess we released spacecraft uh, maybe a year and a half ago. It was actually a project that we had finished maybe two or three years ago, and it's kind of got sidetracked with some new projects. Finally released it. Uh, the last year, we've really just been trying to push as much of this new mu music as possible, playing a lot of shows. Uh, we've been on a bit of a fall tour, summer, into summer fall tour. We just got back from Snowshoe Mountain down at Free Fall Festival, which is a great time. And uh, we're booking right now uh, the rest of our fall and winter tour, doing a lot of college shows, going on college campuses, that tour kind of idea. And, and primarily, I do a lot of arrangements, so I do most of my work outside of playing my own shows is... Uh, do have arrangements for high school choirs and show choirs and things like that. So I've been trying to, we're staying as busy as possible and just mm -hmm. getting ready for the big release of this new album. Nice. So your so your day job involves music as well. Oh uh, yeah. Since 2012, I've been a I guess officially a freelance musician uh, outside of that little bit of time in Colorado. You know, mm -hmm. ever since then, uh, I've pretty much been full time playing music or uh, writing some extra you know music for jingles and uh, arrangements for some small movies and primarily high school choirs. So. Right. So what's that kind of been like, and how is that in, has that impacted your music or kind of your process at all? Uh, I think it's it was good to take a step back. Uh, I, there for a while, I think all I was doing was playing shows like five, six nights a week uh, and mm -hmm. traveling around, and that kind of got to be a bit much. And whenever I kind of sat back and realized, oh, there's actually an outlet for me to still make music but not be fully into this, you know, only being a singer-songwriter, only trying to push my own music, so uh, I was lucky to have a lot of friends in the industry who are now taking over jobs as musical directors for these schools, and they kind of gave me an in, and it's definitely made me you know, look at it in a little bit different perspective, I would say. So. Is uh, music education something you'd be interested in? Maybe like, not as specifically just a teacher, but maybe like an instructor of some Yeah, sort? Uh, that's always been something I've enjoyed. Um, my grandparents and parents are all teachers and educators, and that's always been something kind of on the back burner, something I like to do. I uh, have had the privilege of working here at OU with a couple classes and kind of teachers aiding, leading some classes, you know, in the with Eddie Ashworth and some people in the uh, audio engineering department up there. So that's been nice. And uh, really, any chance I get to just, you know, talk about music and share it with anybody else, I'm always, always there for that. More from Dallas Craft. This is Groovy Soup on Power 105. Groovy Soup rolls on with Smile Together by Dallas Craft. 
from our interview with Dallas Craft right now. Well, we're glad you found this place, too. We're glad to have you on. We got Dallas Craft here talking about uh, his music. And uh, so you said you got this new album coming out. It's been in the works for a, for a long time. Uh, what can you tell us about that? Quite a long time. Um, there's This being released is two different albums, actually. We uh, When I first started rewriting music in 2012, I'd kind of taken, played in a band in high school, didn't really play for, from our graduation in 2009, so nothing really into 2012. Kind of took a long hiatus and just did school. And uh, we started writing a bunch of music. I released some demos of some of these songs on my website. That was about the extent of that. And then we wrote and recorded a whole album called Like Trying to Erase Permanent Markers and held off on that, released Spacecraft. We have actually 224 songs that have yet to be released. Oh, my God. So the issue now is... All done? 220? All, all, all done. Uh, you know, mixed mastering. Right. It always comes back around to like finding little things to fiddle with, and I'm not okay with the way this sounds in the left side or you know mm-hmm. some other little problems. But uh, yeah, I think the best way to describe it is a parent has a lot, has a lot of kids. You watch them grow from a baby to an adult, and then you push them off to school, and it's super scary. And these songs are my kids, you know. And I think finally I've realized I've given them all that I can. It's time to let them spread their wings and soar, so we're finally letting them out. I mean, that that's exciting, and I mean, that's got to feel very good for you, because like you said, that, that feeling of it being a kid, you, you're proud and you want to just, you want to push them out, but there's always that, oh, can I What if this? it's not ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that's yeah, yeah, and uh, I think finally, the last few shows we've been playing, uh, everything's really went over well, and just people just asking, hey, where's the music, where can I hear the song, and getting messages, it's finally been enough to like, hey, you know, maybe 
maybe this song's ready and maybe this album's ready just to be put out there and let the listeners have it. So. Is that is that what you look for when you think consider a song to be done? Is it is it more like you feel the song's done or you perform it and the reception you get? Is or is it a mix of both? Uh, I would say a mix of both. There's sometimes in five minutes you have a song finished and it's like okay yeah that's ready to go. And uh, there's sometimes when I've had songs that I've a song that's actually going to be on this new album. Uh, finished it three, four years ago, hadn't played it at all. And then this tour, we just started integrating it back into the set. And we're like, wow, this is going over really, really well. I did not expect that it would. Mm-hmm. So it kind of goes both ways. You know, some things you just, you, some things you know, mm-hmm. you know, some things it just kind of takes a little more time to get comfortable with it being ready. So. Right. Very cool. Well, that's, in, I mean, man, that's, I, I still am like 200. That's, that's awesome to have all of those kind of in your, in, you know, in your arsenal ready to, yeah, to unleash. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a blessing and a curse, I guess, because now the problem's been, you know, deciding, okay, what do we actually do with all of these songs? Right, know? so how do you kind of piece together the album? You have all these songs. Were there songs that you always knew you wanted it, but you yeah. have that theme uh, that you might be kind of going for? There's definitely a theme I was going for, and I think that's why we decided to do, which Spacecraft, like you said, is a complete opposite of the rest of my stuff. It was kind of a side project with a, me and a friend of mine, and there for a while I was pushing more of the singer-songwriter folk thing. Well, I started playing with a band, so it's like, all right, now the sound has changed. So we actually, my initial plan was to release about a hundred songs over three different volumes of an album called Pregrination mm-hmm. uh, while I was being a peregrine you know all these songs I've written traveling the country and traveling the world and while I worked for the cruise lines and all these you know jobs back and forth all these songs that kind of got put together it's hard for someone making a debut release to get someone to listen to a hundred songs right absolutely you know, that's kind of been the issue but uh we're gonna release the EP like trying to erase permanent markers it's got seven songs and push a few other singles and then slowly just start dropping these live versions of this album with that have you know everything from 2012 basically until now and just slowly start getting them out there awesome i mean I, i'm sure your fans and uh, we can't wait to, to hear all that so what like you said you're, you're planning everything out what does the end of the year look when are you when are you heading out are you uh doing uh, anything here in town coming up yeah we a uh bit? we have a few shows coming up here at the end of the i guess end of october around that area and um all, all these dates will be on my website. It's uh, constantly being updated, so the schedule and everything, the calendar and everything stays on there. Uh, there's not really a whole lot here around town. I'll be around the Midwest, you know, anywhere from Grand Rapids, Chicago, Indianapolis, uh, Dayton, around through here playing a few shows. But we're planning on releasing singles as soon as possible. So you've gone all around, you've traveled. Um, so how is that like? What's that like for you, being able to, or going all over and being a touring musician? Uh, I think it's the best best possible scenario for me. As a kid, I always kind of moved around. I mean, my parents were stationary, but I would travel back and forth with my dad's, my mom's, and my grandparents, and kind of always traveled around. And I was in a band in high school, and we traveled and toured a lot. So I really just got used to not being in the same place. Mm-hmm. And I think for a while, that was more so of me just being indecisive, not knowing what I wanted to do. But now it's really helped in the more of I get to see a new place every couple of days. It changes your perspective, you know, like when you see how people interact here on this side of the country versus how they interact here, they're all still humans, but there are these little niche differences about every community. And you can start to learn that, see that when you come back to these old towns. And uh, it's definitely helped my songwriting, I think, just to give you a little bit more of an outside perspective than what you're used to. Well, we got Dallas Craft here in the studio with us. A couple more questions for Absolutely. you, and then uh, we'll let you get back on the road. Um, so you said you, you've been... Uh, with the band, how long have you been with the band? Same group of guys for a bit? Uh, or, uh... It, it's it's been a kind of a constant cycle. I have one main one main partner that I always work with. His name's Aaron Reed. He's uh, an OU alumni. Um, so whenever we get a chance to work together, we always are. He's basically the other half of my band. We'll always play as a duo if I'm not by myself. Then we sometimes add in. I got a guy named Eric Bittekefer, 
Uh, he's also an OU alumni who plays drums and auxiliary, kind of all of our MIDI mapping and a lot more of the uh, technical electronic side that I'm just not that great at. Right. And then uh, from there, it's just a few other random friends. I've guys sitting on saxophone and whatever we can really find. If I'm in a different city with friends that I know from that city, we'll try and pick up some local musicians and have them sit in. So it kind of is always a constantly evolving show. You might see us two times in one week and not have anywhere near the same lineup. See, that's very cool, and I think that, you know, that gives that kind of idea of like, oh, I saw these guys yesterday, I can go see them again, and it could be a completely, Absolutely. A completely Absolutely. different experience. So, last question for you. How does Appalachia and the sounds of Appalachia and the music you've heard here impact your music today, or how has it impacted you before? I would say before, it impacted me less. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Some of the other bands I played in before, we wanted to sound nothing like this area, right. I think, you know. Yeah. Stuff, stubborn kids, we wanted to sound like something from Big City or whatever, uh, but the older I've gotten, you know, the more you start to realize how just how lucky I was to be raised in an area like this. And uh, I think that finally starts to show through. And just some of the some of the sounds, maybe the reason I still play a nylon acoustic guitar and the reason that I always play, I feel like, an acoustic guitar over an electric on stage is just that comfortable home roots, I feel like, that's always been ingrained in me here. It's kind of just, uh, you know, it, it feels right. It feels natural, I think. And it, and it goes along with my music well. I think that it's always kind of just been the extra piece that held it together and I didn't ever really realize it until a long time after. So. Right. Dallas Craft's been joining me here. Uh, thank you so much for your time, Dallas. We appreciate it. How can the people support you? Where can they go? What can they do to uh, help you out? Because you're what you got a beautiful website. Yeah, thank you very way. much. Thank you very much. Uh DallasCraftmusic.com, craft with a C, Dallas like the city. And uh, if you stay up on there, you can get onto our email list. You'll be updated as far as new shows coming up, new releases. We have tons and tons a few dozen live videos live sessions and a bunch of free download stuff on my website and in the upcoming months everything will be on itunes spotify but the website's really the best way to get a hold of me all my information is there you can directly contact me from there our last artist features a D loving group out of columbus telling the story of the surf next on groovy soup this is groovy soup on power 105 this is groovy soup on power 105 Metalheads rejoice, we got King Oblivion up next with their track, Shadows.
King Oblivion took the trip to Athens to join us in the studio. Listen in. I got a special group with me in here today. I got King Oblivion. Love the name, by the way, guys. But thank you guys so much for coming in and for joining us today. And let's just go around the room and introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about what you do. Well... Uh, my name is Shad. I, uh, I slap the bass and uh, yell at the microphone, more or less. <laughs> uh, my name's Jacob, and I play the guitar and do a little bit of vocals, too. And my name's Jeff, and I play the drums, and I also sing. Nice. Well, so tell us a little bit about King Oblivion. What are you guys all about? How'd you get started? How long has the band been together? We've been together about a year and a half-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe longer. It kind of like all came together with this idea of a a concept um, which came to be uh, the legend of the surf more or less it's still kind of a working title it's uh, about a peasant that uh, uh, used to work the mine shafts and uh, eventually him and his town people overthrow the kingdom and take the crown very interesting so that's interesting to me because a lot of the times when I talk to people about their albums it's maybe like a personal thing or a connection they have this sounds like it's a narrative story that you're trying to tell yeah. how did yeah. that how did that come up and is that something you kind of see in the genre of music that you guys would put yourselves in a lot of the people I also talk to don't really put themselves in in one box so it, it, that's interesting so how did the narrative story kind of come up uh, it's it, there's really no like I remember solid like explanation to it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when we first started writing and whatnot, before we even got Jacob as a guitarist, we were talking about ideas of like what to like keywords to put in there and stuff and like we're just thinking of like we're nerds. So we go into video games and like Final Fantasy or something like that, for example, and we look up a weapon like Mage Masher and stuff like that and we're like, Okay, and like the more we thought about this kind of stuff, we're like eventually I can't remember when, but eventually we were just like we should make this a concept mm-hmm. and stuff, and it's not based on anything that's already out there or whatever. It's just off the top of our heads and stuff. And so, it's kind of yeah. like D and D, right? Yeah, that's, uh, that's honestly what I was thinking about. D and D players, awesome. for the record. Oh, yeah. Very cool. So, um, how does uh, that's that's fast? The first time I've heard people say video games have influ- that I've talked to. I know video games influence a lot of people. Being oh, yes. someone who plays many myself as well. So, is it was it always going to kind of be? high fantasy kind of thing like with your guys' background uh, is that always something you guys wanted to do but that's just where the story went with uh, with after you guys started digging in and, and picking out pieces oh yeah like once we started talking it, it wasn't really ever ingrained in us that that's what we were going to do it just kind of like came to be we were throwing around ideas and uh, eventually we wrote the story of the surf mm-hmm. and uh, well that's where we ended up now <laughs> <laughs> we got this whole thing going and so how do you structure a song to to tell the story? Like, because with the lyrics and the style of the song as well, because the music that accompanies the lyrics are probably just almost as important as the lyrics that you're telling to kind of keep the story moving. So how do you kind of have to? How does that factor into your writing? Well, our influences are you know Black Sabbath, Pantera, all those older bands that when they make the sound of their guitar, drums, bass. They basically tell a story. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're trying to do with the lyrics. So it, you know, we do our best to make it sound like a story. Mm -hmm. What's the Mm -hmm. status of the album uh, currently? Where are we looking at? Uh, Is is it, you got the, is everything wrote and you're just kind of recording it and going through that process right now? It's more or less finished, but we were shooting for release around maybe Mm January-ish. There's a lot of uh, fine details that need worked on. But uh, that's, that's about what we're shooting for. And so is that your guys' main focus now? Anything with touring or shows or anything like that? Or are you just more focused on getting the album done? 
Well, we'll probably, um, on the release party, we'll probably play the entire album all the way through. Um, shows right now, um, we're basically just trying to get uh, people to buy these tickets. We are opening up for Mushroom Head mm-hmm. at the Al Rosa. Where so, can they get tickets for that? We can, we can send some people there. Um, straight from us or, or uh, what is it, brownpapertickets.com? But if you get them from the bands, they're a whole lot cheaper, 25 bucks. So if you're interested in checking these guys out, hit them up. And uh, you guys on uh, all the social medias, I'm sure, or at least Facebook and stuff like that? We got the Facebook. Yeah, yeah. so King Oblivion on (laughs) Facebook, you get some great concert tickets. You go see a rockin' band. So anything, uh, you got anything other than the, uh, the, uh, that show you guys are opening up for? Anything else kind of coming up maybe beforehand? Or when is that show? October 26th. So that's coming up. So kind of the Halloween type of uh, Halloween uh, oh, yeah. scene there. I'm sure that fits your guys' is uh, your guys is pretty well. So. Oh, yes. <laughs> that's I awesome. I guess there's going to be a costume contest, something okay. like that. There you go. Costume contest <laughs> if, you're if, you're, uh, <laughs> if you want to dress up and, uh, you know, dress up as your favorite D&D character and go uh, support right. uh, King of Legends. Exactly we should do that. Yeah, there, you go. <laughs> there you go. I think that'll be that'll be really cool, especially with what you guys are doing. It'd be kind of cool to, uh, to add to the show. But uh, I think that's going to be awesome. And once you guys get to that point, I think you'll be able to really do some cool stuff because... I, f- I feel like with like you said you were mentioning um, your, uh, your your influence like Black Sabbath and Pantera the style of songs that you really do kind of kind of can sink in and really like focus in on the music and really mm-hmm. listen to the narrative sometimes I feel like you get lost in the instruments or at least I do and sometimes I focus more on the instruments so how do you guys kind of keep the story going like is it just through the tempo and pacing of the song or how do you kind of keep people knowing and following along with the story without getting kind of just too lost in Drums, guitars, and I, I'm, you know, screaming at the microphone as you mentioned. <laughs> I feel like it's emotion, mm-hmm. really. Uh, like he's better, Shaz better at writing the more like fantastical lyrics and stuff like that. And sometimes I come up with some good things, but I tend to get more like emotional into writing and whatnot with lyrics. And so I'll put myself into it like metaphor- metaphorically and mm-hmm. whatnot. And so like I'll tell him all the time, I was like. This is how I feel like the surf would feel if he was going through this or whatever, and I just I put my own life experiences into the surf pretty much, and that's how I find the right words. And because without emotion, people aren't going to find the right connectivity to the song and whatever. Mm-hmm. Same as if you're getting heavy, you know, you got to have that anger and that thrash, you know. So without all that, they're just going to be lost. So. Which hopefully everything's relatable, mm-hmm. you know? right? <laughs> because that's what we definitely try to do, right? Because right now, you know, a lot of people are feeling, you know, upset because of how adult life is. Right. Right. But. This is Groovy Soup on Power 105. Our final track of the day. Here's King Oblivion's Plane of Existence.
More from our interview with King Oblivion right now. So it sounds like a lot of you guys do the writing. It's not just one person who's doing the writing. All of you oh, guys no. kind of collaborate. What's that process like of actually coming to? Because, like you said, each one of you kind of bring maybe a different style into it. How do you guys weave those together to make the the final lyrics for the song? You know, it it actually comes together a lot smoother than you would think. You'd think we'd like argue about like, oh, we want this word here, we want this said, but. Like when we come together, we'll like especially if we're all writing on a part together, like we do each just kind of chime in here and there, and we're each just like, oh, that's cool, that's mm, cool. Yeah. It's kind of like an engine, right? That runs smoothly. Well, I mean that's a good sign too for for the band if you guys are able to obviously bounce ideas off each other, challenge each other on things, and then come together to create something you're all worked on and believe it. After you guys have been going through this uh, this album process, uh, how have you guys been feeling? How do you guys feel about the where you guys at, are at right now? Oh, I'm feeling really... Oh, it's going to be killer. Really mm-hmm. oh, yeah. excited <laughs> about the album. The album sounds great. Who are you, are you working... Where are you working with the, the album? Are you guys doing it all on your own? You guys got a studio that you guys are working with? Uh, shout them out a little bit. Uh, my father, he's... Uh, He's our engineer and everything. He's got his own little studio he's bringing up called Suboctive Studios. Um, it's based in Newark. And right now, technically speaking, it's in his basement, but it's he's got a lot of professional gear. Yeah. Right. You, you would never guess it came hey, from a basement. I mean, hey, exactly. Some of the best studios are in people's houses, man. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it all, all really depends. So what's that like, being able to work with your dad? It's nerve-wracking. <laughs> it adds probably a lot of comfort, but also a lot more anxiety with the family members. I can, I can believe that. Me being a drummer and him being a bass player, we argue about points a lot. And, uh, well, like, I want everything to be mics because I want it the perfect sound. And he's all about like, the, the Glenn Johns type of way. But, and then he proves me wrong about it and stuff. And I'm like, okay. okay. <laughs> he has some really good ideas for oh, recording, yeah, for definitely. Sure. So he's I'm experienced obviously in the music industry or at yeah, least yes. been mm-hmm. involved in music for a very long time. What was was it Sub Octave Studios up in uh, Newark? Yeah. So it's starting out now, but if if you're in Newark or in the area, keep an eye, keep keep an eye on that there oh, for yeah. for for you guys. But uh, again, we got King Oblivion in here. We're talking about uh, what was the name of the the album again with the the surf? Right? What was it the uh, what was the title of it again? The Chronicles of the Surf. The Chronicles of the Surf. So yes. we got the Chronicles of the Surf. That's what we've been talking about. Uh, a story following the surf as his journey to uh, overthrow the government. Which uh, I'm excited to hear how this is going to come out because I just I, I I'm kind of a visual person, so I'm already imagining music video type stuff. Of, uh, of <laughs> we have, we've some... been to. <laughs> <laughs> so is that is that something that you kind of again want to wait until the album is out and maybe got a little things more figured out? And how do you kind of think of a music video? Because there's a lot of elements that could go into what you guys are trying to do because your music video is going to be basically kind of like a little mini movie or YouTube video that right. tells a story as well. Right. We've been uh, we've been pondering about like dressing up like kind of like medieval like and like uh, just like pillaging our house or something <laughs> and then we've thought about like making it like modern day and making like the problems he's going through like relate to nowadays problems with right. like us you know <laughs> the idea of the surf was there any personal connection or just was it just an influence from from outside and just to see like kind of this person who you know if, if you're not familiar obviously with with surfs they're on the the lower rung of the of the uh, the social ladder and have to do a lot of work for the elite and so oh, yes. is that uh, is there any per- personal connection i feel like that it's a collective of all of us like if you take a song blend us into one person we would be the surf Basically, we you know each one of us gets so many different things thrown at us, and we all treat it differently and whatnot. I'm a hothead. Shad 
is like super calm, but so is Jacob. But and he's like the most humble person I've ever met. <laughs> Chad is, I guess. He really <laughs> is. I can't see it at all. <laughs> and then, basically, just like when we act, you know, throughout the songs as a surf or whatever, it's like some of the things is how we feel or how we'll treat a situation, and some of the things is how we want to feel and how we want to treat a situation. Yeah. And we're just basically putting our hearts on our sleeves when, when, but through the surf. I guess, yeah. more or less. Gotcha. Well, we got King Oblivion here. We're going to wrap things up, guys. Thank you so much for joining us today. King Oblivion, uh, check them out opening up for, uh, was it Mushroom Head, right? Yes. Up, oh, yes. Uh, at the end of October. Where can they support you? Where do you want to send the people to have they have the most impact to kind of help you guys out and check out your music? Definitely look us up on the Facebook. Mm -hmm. yeah. Give us one of those thumbs up. That's going to do it for yet another installment of Groovy Soup. Big time thanks to Ben Davis Jr., Dallas Kraft, and King Oblivion for stopping by, and a big thank you to all of you listening. Catch a new slate of artists and bands next Monday at 7, right here on Power 105. If you or your band is interested in Groovy Soup, send me an email at pholden at wxdq.com. That's p-h-o-l-d-e-n at wxdq.com. See you next week for more Groovy Soup. <laughs>